So, hey, listen, we are, we are starting a new series uh, this week for the month of April called Senior Perspectives. And this series is a little different because you're not going to hear from myself, you're not going to hear from Nick, you're not going to hear from anybody that's not a graduating senior uh, over the next, uh, next couple weeks. Um, and we're going to have this in two, two ways that you're going to hear from them. First, you're going to hear from them, uh, a few of them, in a panel discussion, what we're getting ready to do right now, three at a time. Um, and then each week we have a graduating senior that is going to share the message. Uh, tonight it's coming from Luke Spencer. Uh, but in the meantime, we are going to get to know some of our graduates up here. Real quick, we'll start here. Uh, you don't have to tell your name because, well, it's on the screen behind you. Look, it's, it's larger than life Andrew. Average size Lindsay, and, and larger than life, just kidding, because, no, it's okay, it's fine. Anyway, tell us your name, um, where you go to school, and what your plans are, um, oh no, sorry, yeah, what your plans are for next year, and we'll go from there, all right, so name, school, what your plans are for next year. My name's Andrew Broom, and I plan on doing spring transfer into FSU, and my plans are to... I'm going for exercise physiology, but I still have not decided what I'm, what I really want. You know. Okay. Where, where, where are you graduating from? That was the other school that you uh, for, they forgot to tell me. Haggerty High School. Haggerty. Okay, Haggerty. You got a husky. All right. Next up. Uh, I'm Lindsay Gimbert. Uh, I go to Haggerty as well, and I'm going to University of Tampa for film to become a news producer. Awesome. Great. Uh, I'm Grace Katina. I'm graduating from Haggerty as well. I'm going to go to Nova Southeastern University and study criminal justice and forensic studies. Awesome. So when, when I was organizing this, I didn't even think about like where everybody was graduating from. But just dumb luck that I have three Haggerty grads up here tonight. It's just scheduling. It worked out that way. Haggerty is better. Um, I mean, my son goes to Haggerty, so yeah. Your son's go not Huskies. part of that better part. All right, but um, we are we're, – we're, uh, we're going to have a little more variety in the coming weeks, be a little more purposeful in that. But um, so how long, real quick, how long have you guys been attending Cross Life Church? Just give us a quick. This quick was the book. first church that I went to since I moved here in second grade. And I don't think I tried out any other church. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But <laughs> yeah, I've been here for, what is that, you like 10 years? looking at your picture. I look like, good, man. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so since second 10 grade. Years, yeah, okay, yeah. 10 years, cool. Also been here since elementary school. I have no idea what grade I started in, but I haven't changed churches at okay. all. And I've only been here for like two years. Yeah, no, Grace started coming about two years ago, got involved in our tech ministry, got involved real quick, uh, got involved real fast, and it's been awesome to see her serve and see her grow. Um, it's been real cool. All right, we'll go back down. We'll start with Grace this time. This way it doesn't, I get, I'm, help, I'm here for you, Andrew, all right? Um, what has been your favorite Cross Life students' memory so far? Like, yeah. of all the, all the things you've done in your short time here, or your long time here, like, what has been your favorite Cross Life memory? So I have a tad bit of notes, because I knew I wasn't going to remember it. It's not a lot of notes. <laughs> okay, so um, it's kind of recent. So the other week, Daryl invited the students up to pray uh, at the altar after youth, and um, we were talking about revivals going, going around in our country, and everyone willingly came to the stage and banded together in silent prayer. And I don't think I've ever been a part of something that was, like, um, so voluntary and willful, and everybody just decided to do it. And it, you know, made everybody else feel comfortable enough to go and do that. 
Um, it was incredibly powerful, and I got to share this special moment with um, my peers as we prayed for ourselves and each other. And there was nothing more powerful than just feeling the Lord move through a room in real time. Awesome. Thank you, Grace. Um, my favorite, like, fun event was the Trunk or Treat because, like, the whole senior class got to work together to make the mystery machine. But one of my all-time favorites was probably Camp Barnabas because you just learn so much from that trip from your peers and any events that occur throughout that time. It just tests you and makes you grow. So it was so, really fun. So for people that don't know, give, like, the quick, like, Reader's Digest version about what Camp Barnabas yeah. is so they so know. So Camp Barnabas is a camp for special needs kids and adults, and we have gone the past two years. I've also gone the past two years to serve as – a one-on-one friend for one of those campers. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, my favorite memory is, well, collectively church camps, but <laughs> Daryl, you weren't here for the first Lake Yale, I believe. I was not. No, that was before. That was pre-Daryl. It was definitely, <laughs> I, th- I think Lake Yale was a lot better than the camp that we used to go to, mm-hmm. but either way, I just love, like, the memories of camp and the emotions of camp and how everyone's locked in on God and only only that, you know. Yeah. So I'd say that's probably my top memory. I love camp. Camp is like one of those moments where we feel like, as leaders, we see God move and do great things at camp. So it's always cool to hear that. Students appreciate that because we put a lot of money and time into it. So mm-hmm. um, so what is, um, moving along, what is one thing, we'll start with Lindsay this time, all right. What is one thing that God has taught you over your time here in student ministry that like as you leave, like as you graduate and you move on into whatever is next, whether it be college or the workforce or adulthood, you know, what is like that one thing that you're walking away with that you're, you're grabbing a hold of, that lesson that you learned? Probably a lot of understanding. I realize that you have to put yourself aside sometimes to really help others. Um, and that happens a lot here because we always have people in need, whether it's through missionary, like work or just regular Sunday night. You always just need to Put yourself aside for a second and do God's work. Awesome. That's really cool. Grace, what do you think? All right, so I also wrote this down. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So one major thing God's taught me is that he'll put people in your life to teach you lessons, and then he'll take you out of your life, uh, take them out of your life to allow you to see the bigger picture of everything and learn lessons from that as a whole. Um, You have to forget about your plan for the future and kind of trust that his plan is greater than your own. Um, And one... And his is the one that, like, is going to matter in the future, and it's going to matter looking back on it to see, you know, how much he actually did do in your life. Um, So instead of asking why, seek out the lessons or skills that he was trying to teach you throughout those things um, and share his name with those around you. Awesome. Andrew, what about you, man? My two things are, like, courage and probably seeking understanding, I think. What I didn't have in my first years of high school was courage to, like, step out about my faith or talk to people about my faith. And I think it's, it changes your perspective and it grows you a lot when you start talking to people about your faith. And another thing is seeking understanding. And that goes with reading your word and, like, meditating on it. Like, Nick, Nick always pushed me to do it. And I never, I never told him I was reading or anything, but I promise you I was. And it's, right. it, definitely <laughs> <laughs> it definitely changes, like the way you think about the world and everything that has you, it's like a defense mechanism almost. Like you can guard your heart because you understand more things about God. Awesome. No, that's good. Um, I love to hear like, that you guys are all kind of pulling stuff. But it's not even necessarily like one specific lesson. Like, I, yeah, like you've heard a lot of sermons over the years and you've heard a lot of lessons. But sometimes those, those lessons that you guys were just talking about, 
weren't even taught from the pulpit. You know, like they were taught in just what we're doing day in and day out and how we serve others and how we, we come alongside and we, we put ourselves aside and putting our faith into practice of, you know, sharing, sharing our faith with our friends and inviting them into this conversation and having those gospel conversations with them. So it's really cool. All right, one last thing, one last question. Uh, we're going to move on with the night um, is, is this. And this one is, is a little more like I'm going to put you on the spot. And I, that's why I gave you these questions a couple days ago. So, very simple, all right, this is a very simple question. Um, what is one, what is one word, you have to think of another one because you used it already, all right, um, what is one word to leave with the underclassmen? So, like, these, you guys are getting ready to graduate, move on. These guys, we had a lot of freshmen, sophomores, we had a real young youth group, like, we've got a lot of freshmen, sophomores, which is awesome. Um, but if you could leave them with just like one word, like think inspirational poster. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like those, those like really cool pictures and it's got like the one word underneath it. Like what is that word with minimal explanation that you would leave uh, for the underclassmen? Yeah, so my word would be pray. Oh, yep. <laughs> um, because a lot of times when you go through high school, everything just starts to get boring and you, I don't, you go through this mundane schoolwork, everything just becomes the same. But if you start praying and you start applying your life, you'll realize that there's just so many other things that you can do while throughout your high school year. Awesome. Um, so my one word, I, I actually had it as perseverance for the first time when I thought about this question. And I, I like that word a lot. You know, it's overcoming things that are hard. And I always, my big motto is that I can do hard things. Um, but I think a more important word for me lately has been forgiveness. I think it's important to forgive those around you um, and just kind of move past it and focus, you know, on things that you're doing and, you know, um, have those around you help you get through everything and, you know, have, have them forgive people too and just kind of awesome. help others. Yeah, no, forgiveness is, a, is a, such a huge part of the Christian faith. Um, and I think sometimes we just rely on Jesus' forgiveness, but we're also called to forgive our, uh, as well. Um, so I think it's so important that we remember that, yeah. Andrew, have you come up with a new word since you already splurged and gave us courage? Besides courage. <laughs> <laughs> this is very simple, but you could just say, I could just say love. Because mm. I think it's so important to love other people. And it goes in, like love kind of ties in with everything. Mm. You know, it's, I love that. <laughs> you got forgiveness, you got, <laughs> you have everything, and it's, all of that kind of stems from loving each other and understanding each other, and I think that's the most important thing. No, I think Jesus hit the nail on the head when he was talking to his disciples, and he said, you know, we're to love one another, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, all the laws and prophets fall under this. Like, if we do those things, if we love God, we love people, everything else kind of falls into place, so that's awesome. Um, well, hey guys, thank you so much for sharing. I wish we had more time. I wish we had, like, be able to let you guys share. Uh, I encourage you guys, actually, can you bring that back for me? Um, when, before you leave tonight, you know, if you got questions for these guys about what they're doing, where they're headed, maybe college, school, maybe something that they set up here that struck a nerve with you and that you just want to ask more questions, I know that they'll be around afterwards. Uh, but I, here's what I want to do. I want to pray for them. I want to pray for us in the night. Um, and then we'll we're going to move into a time of worship. Um, as we prepare our hearts for the message that God has laid on Luke's heart to share with us. Um, so I just want to, before we pray, just remind you guys, as we're worshiping, this isn't a time to be talking to your friends, not a time to be messing around. Uh, this is a time to set our hearts on the things of God. Um, Luke has put a lot of time and energy into the message that he has. So as he's sharing, 
you know, I really just want to challenge us to lock in and not be a distraction to people around us, but truly listen uh, to what God has for you through his messenger uh, tonight. So let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll transition into a time of worship. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you for these students. Thank you for just their willingness to share, their willingness to, um, God, just open up their hearts for us so that we can learn from them. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we've had to serve and, and minister to them, God, and as they've ministered back to us, God, we just thank you for that. God, I pray that as they go, as they leave this ministry, as they take the steps towards what's next, God, that you would, um, God, go with them, lead them, guide them, direct them um, in all things, God. <clears throat> God, we thank you for who you are, for the fact that we get to worship you, the fact that we get to honor you with our praise, with our songs. God, I pray that you would move in this place tonight. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship together. Nick, I think Luke's going to need that. <laughs> um, well, hey, guys, again, we are so glad you're hanging out with us uh, tonight. Um, for those that don't know, my name is Daryl. I am the, uh, the minister of high school here at Cross Life. Um, and so glad that you chose to worship with us today. Um, hey, Nick, can you do me a favor? Can you roll that TV closer? Thank you. Um, and you chose a great first night. Is it on? I don't know. There it is. There you go. Can you guys it's hear me? Now. Yeah. Cool. Um, but we are in the series. We're starting this series called Senior Perspectives. And I had this idea. We had, th we had this idea. It wasn't just me. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago, as we were planning and prepping for the school year, to let our seniors share, to let them open up a little bit and, and share a little bit and challenge you guys. And so I put a feeler out to a handful of our, our guys and girls that I thought would be good fits for this. And within seconds, I had all of our spots filled because people were so eager uh, to get in and share and, and open up their hearts. And one of those guys was, was Luke. Uh, Luke, how long have you been coming to, to Cross Life now? I've been coming about three years now. I yeah. started my, thank you, started my <laughs> sophomore year. Yeah. Um, Lindsay, amazing girlfriend over there. She invited me uh, for when they were on Wednesday nights. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when you first started coming, and it was cool. It was like right after I had gotten here, um, and it was just cool to watch you plug in, but also like start serving almost immediately. Um, and now your family is coming here as well. I know your sister's involved in middle school, um, and your parents are here, and just we love having your family here. So here's, I'm going to turn it over to Luke here in a second. I'm going to pray for him um, and just ask that God speaks through him. I pray that you guys give him your full attention, more so than you would even to me or Nick, um, because he's one of your peers, um, and honor him and respect him. Um, you know, just don't be fidgeting around with things. Just kind of lock in and listen. Don't lick in. That's weird. Lock in and, and listen to what God has laid on his heart. So let me pray for him, and then we'll move forward. God, thank you so much for Luke. Thank you for his heart for you and just how much he's grown uh, in relationship with you over the last couple years. And God, we just are so thankful for him. And just for the message that you've laid on his heart, the, the, the message that he has for those that he is peers with, but also is older than um, as he gets ready to graduate. God, I pray that you would just speak through him, calm his nerves, calm his spirit, and allow him uh, just a, a calm heart in this moment as he shares uh, the message that you've laid on his heart, God. God we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. They're all yours, Luke. Have at them, man. Get up on my little stage. All right, so before I start, I, I just want to thank um, Daryl and Nick and all of the Cross Life students here. Like, I've been to a lot of churches, and this kind of thing would never happen. Like, the opportunity for seniors to share their perspective, like, especially spiritually, like, it's, it's such a unique thing, and I think it's great that they're doing this. So thank you, guys. Also, Wes and Hunter, but they're not here. All right, so tonight I wanted to talk about something that I thought would speak to every student here. Um, something that holds true through all four years of high school and beyond. So what I'm going to talk about tonight is trusting God with your decisions. And not only that, but like finding your path with God. So as high schoolers, like the decisions we make every day are going to open and close doors for us. So it's important we know like who to trust with these decisions. Because like you don't know much. Like I don't know much. I'm still technically a child. And some of you are too. Most of you are too. And we don't really, you know, what we don't know what's going to happen. Like, we can take a guess, but even adults don't know. So it's, I mean, we got a lot of people telling us what we should do. I mean, we got relatives, friends, and teachers, and they're all more than eager to offer their opinions on what they think is right. But that's not our ultimate authority. Luckily, as Christians, we do have an ultimate authority, and we have something the rest of the world doesn't—a path. Is, oh, we have slides, right? Nice, okay. Um, so, since we have the gift of God's light and all others are wandering in the darkness, like, what does it look like to follow God's light? Like, that sounds pretty great. Like, I want to know what I want to do with my life. Like, what should I do? So, the first thing we should do is we shouldn't lean on our own understanding. We shouldn't lean on our own knowledge. This is the one I struggle with the most. Um, I have a lot of trouble letting other people make decisions for me. And I love planning things, like, really far in advance so I feel in control, like, day of. And I often think I know what's best. Like, it's my life. Like, who knows more about my life than I do? But um, recently I heard something that made me reconsider how I approach making decisions. And I kind of want to share it with you. Um, of all places, I actually heard it from the famous evolutionist Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't know if you guys have seen some of his videos. He's a big astronomy guy. But what he said is this, um, if I can find it. Oh, one of the greatest challenges in this world is knowing enough about a subject to think you're right, but not enough about the subject to know you're wrong. And he, he doesn't even know how right he is. Like, we've been hardwired to believe that we know what's best for us, but this isn't the case. Like, the decisions we make are operating off of a very limited perspective. Matthew 10.30 tells us, even all the hairs on your head are counted. God knows more about you than you ever will. And if there's someone who knows more about my life and me, more than I do, like, I'm going to trust them with my decisions. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so our consumerist culture loves to tell us that only you know what's best, and only you can be trusted with decisions pertaining to your future. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. This verse reminds us that we should trust in God completely and not rely on our own knowledge. God knows what's best for us, and he will guide us on the right path if we submit to it. Jer Jeremiah 29.11 says, He knows the plans he has for us, and they are good plans that will give us hope in the future. This is one of God's greatest gifts. It's purpose to go with our free will. The second thing we need to do is trust in God's sovereignty. 
Even in the face of the confusion, we have comfort as Christians in the knowledge that all that happens is in God's plan. We can't control everything we think we can. Even our best plans are incomprehensibly limited compared to the awesome and all-encompassing power of God. Like, his knowledge is just so beyond ours. And I'm not saying we shouldn't plan ahead. But if God asks us to walk out on the water to him, like, you shouldn't stop to grab your floaties. You got to trust him. Like, your plans are nothing compared to his. Um, we also need to trust in God's plan in our suffering. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know in this in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Even when things don't go according to our plans, we can trust that God is using them circumstances for our and his ultimate good. So then the next question is, how do we do this? Like, practically, how do we do this? Like, it's, it's fine saying it. You know, it sounds as easy as, like, choosing one road or the other. But, like, you can't see it. These are all, like, decisions you have to make in your head and on paper. So the first thing we should do is study God's word. That one seems obvious, but <laughs> the Bible is full of wisdom and guidance if we just listen. When we spend time reading and meditating in God's word, we can gain insight on his will for us. It's pretty simple. The second one is we need to pray. I struggle with this one, too, because I, I feel silly asking God for things. Like, he's God. He, he's going to do whatever he wants. <laughs> um, but when we come to God in prayer, we acknowledge that he's in control and we need his help. We can ask him to guide us and give us wisdom. Um, we can ask him to help us make decisions. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Like, that sounds great. I can ask God and he'll, he'll give it to me, as long as it's in his will, you know. Some of us may be tempted not to ask God for things because we think it won't affect God's set plan. That's kind of where I've been. <clears throat> this isn't what we see in the word. When Moses was told by God to speak on God's behalf, and Moses voiced his concern about, you know, he says, I have a stutter, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do this. God gave him Aaron. Like, God's not unaware of your issues. He's not unaware of, you know, what you think of his plan. And he's open to you. You know, if you pray to him and you ask him, like, God, I know this is what you want me to do, but I need help. He's going to give you help. He's not going to, you know, leave you out in the cold. Um, as long as you're seeking his will, it's important to ask things of God. Prayer is how we build a relationship with Jesus. And then the third and final practical way is we need to seek, other, seek counsel from others, such as, you know, our parents or mentors, pastors. God places these people in our lives to provide us with wisdom and power of discernment. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. Um, and I hope, <laughs> as we wrap up, in your high school career, you know, wherever that may be, and even beyond for our seniors who are graduating, that you, you learn not to sweat the small stuff. Like, God's in control. He's got you. God's got you. You guys, you guys hear that a lot? Like, that's true. It shouldn't be lost on you how true it is. Like, God knows what's going to happen. It's, everything's in his plan. And just don't sweat the small stuff and lean on God's will in your life. Um, I'm going to pray, and then Daryl's going to come up. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to you in prayer tonight to ask that you make your will known to us. I pray you give us discernment to see your will and courage to follow it. In your name we pray. Amen. Sure. Come around. Um, stay up here, stay up here, stay up here. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but okay. I feel like it, it, it'll work. You're a smart guy. You're, first off, I want, to, let's, I want to give you a fair shot at kind of sharing a little bit of who you are as well. 
Um, I know another Haggerty grad, surprise, surprise. Um, but what are your plans after college? Or excuse me, after high school? So after high school, I'm actually already uh, got a seat in the Burnett Honors College at UCF. So that's where I'm headed. Awesome. Yeah. To study? Oh, to study mechanical or aerospace engineering. I'm still deciding. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. It's basically Engineer the same thing. Well, um, <coughs> and then um, real quick before I, I want to pick your brain on some of the points that you, you shared. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, is what is, um, what's been your favorite Cross Life student's memory in mm. the three years that you've been involved with it here? That's a, that's a hard question to answer. I mean, it's just everything about Cross Life students compared to what I've seen is just profoundly different. I can't think of one specific example, but like the relationships you build here are just, they're so much more meaningful than everything I've seen outside of this ministry. Um, like I went to, not to hate on action, but I went to action for a while. And you know, you'd see people there and you'd leave and then you never speak to them again. And there was really no fellowship or discipleship. So I just, I really appreciate the level of um, discipleship we receive here. And actually, Nick, I gotta thank you for that. That was, that was mostly your idea. So thank right. you, Nick. Some applause. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, uh, Nick, who spoke last week, is one of our associates here. Um, he has, for the last like two years or so, been leading a guys' discipleship group. They meet pretty much every week for the most part. They take a couple weeks off here and there. But, um, and these guys, not only do they study God's word together, they hold each other accountable. They pray together. Um, they fellowship. They eat. <laughs> they have all these things. But even beyond that, they're, like, like Luke said, the relationships have been so cool to watch from the outside looking in. Like, I haven't been a part of the discipleship group, but I've been a part in, like, seeing it and watching it. Um, it's been so great to watch these guys grow closer together in relationship with one another, but even more importantly, growing in their relationship with God through their relationships with one another and the challenging and the accountability in that. So that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that that's been a big part of yeah, what definitely. you've been doing. So I want to go back to your message real quick. Um, and I just want, I want to hear a little bit of, like, your personal experience in some of these things, all right? So um, when you say the how do we stay the path, you gave two points. You said lean not on your own understanding and trusting in God's sovereignty, right? Right. So in your life, how have you been put in a situation or what, explain, give us an example of a time where you had to not lean on your own understanding in a situation and truly trust God in those moments? So I think a good example would actually be um, just like going into high school. Um, since I think it was kindergarten, I'd been going to like charter schools and private schools. So I'd been out of the public school sector of education for a while. So going into high school, I actually, I knew literally zero people my freshman year. Um, I met my first person um, at freshman orientation, but there was nothing I could do about it. Like I couldn't force friend making to happen. I, I had to just like lay back a little bit and be like, all right, I feel like this is where I need to be right now. I feel like God can use me in this place. I just, I got to be patient. And okay. I was patient and, you know, I found Cross Life students and it's been up, you know, it's been great since then. I can't, I can't complain. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Um, and then the idea of trusting in God's sovereignty, the sovereignty, the sovereignty of God, for those of you who don't know, like it's a very churchy word. It doesn't get thrown around I should have explained that. That's all right. Yeah. Many other places. But the sovereignty of God is simply the fact that the truth that God is in control. Like God is the, is the all-powerful, all-knowing, 
God of the universe. Nothing, ha- nothing catches him off guard. Nothing catches him off surprise, uh, by surprise. Um, how in your life have you had to, or give me an example of a time in your life where, like, this played out in your, for you? Not to use the same example, but <laughs> there, there's no way I could have planned my life. Like, you know, going, looking back at middle school, like, what I thought was going to happen, um, you know, it's, it's never what's going to happen. Things, things happen, you know, doors get shut, windows open. Um, like, I never would have guessed this is where I would be in four years. But the important thing is I'm where God wants me to be. Awesome. No, that's great. All right, and then I just want to touch on your three practical points, your takeaways of like the, hey, here's where the rubber meets the road. Uh, the first one you said was that we need to study God's word. Um, in your life, especially over the last two years since the discipleship group, what has that looked like for you in like a week-to-week, day-to-day basis? Like what does studying God's word look like to you? So this is definitely where discipleship comes in. Um, having a group of, um, group of peers to meet with um, every week. And, you know, we're going through the same passages. Um, we also had a Bible reading plan for a while. But it was just, it was, it was wow. I I, okay, I attempted it twice, and I can never get past. Well, they don't do, they don't go chronologically, but it was like I made it two thirds. Yeah, but it's not related to this. But just having <laughs> having a group of guys that you you meet with constantly, it just it just keeps you know redemption on your mind. It keeps God on your mind. Going into school, it changes your perspective. So. I think keeping yourself in God's word, um, I would also recommend, like, doing it with a group of peers because it's, it's much easier to keep yourself accountable. Yeah, you use the word accountabil- accountable. Yes. Accountability. accountability is huge, especially when it comes to studying God's word. And one of the things that I think is the coolest part, or one of the coolest parts of your discipleship group is the group text, uh, especially the Bible reading aspect of it. Uh, it always seems to be a race who can finish first. I hear Joe. Joe gets up at like, like six in the morning to do his. He, like, so he, he wakes up simply yeah. so he can read his Bible and say Dutton first, and then go back to sleep. Uh, but um, that that's an important part, and to be able to be in God's Word regularly and know someone's going to ask you about it. Yeah. Would yeah. you say that is like one of the main motivators? Yeah, it definitely is. You can't just skim through it. You gotta you gotta read it. You gotta understand. You can't just see the words. It's gotta it's gotta be in your brain. Okay. Before we move on to the next one, mm-hmm. what is the difference? Just I want to hear your opinion. What's the difference between studying God's word and reading God's word? So that's a good question. So I think a lot of us say we read the Bible like, you know, you open it every night and you look at a verse or, you know, a verse of the day on the Bible app. Right. Which is, it's good. Like, don't get me wrong. That's good. But it could be so much better. Like, not only just seeing the word, but also applying it and understanding what it means. Like, um, we went through... I think it was Hebrews, uh, my first year, or everyone's first year doing the discipleship group. And if I tried to read Hebrews on my own and understand all the, like, intricacies of how it connected with the Old Testament and, like, how it came to fruition, um, I, I wouldn't have gotten the same from it that I did. Like, it means so much more when you have, you know, someone knowledgeable like Nick or a group of friends that you can, like, bounce ideas off of. To, it just makes it so much easier to understand um, the text and get everything you can out of it. Would you, would you say it's fair to say that when you truly study God's word, you have to wrestle with it? Like yeah. You have to, I you would. Have to like, figure out what it means, what it means not only in the text, but also how it applies to your life and, and going from there. Yeah, definitely. Like, it should be, I'm not saying it should be hard, but it should be you know, a little difficult to read it sometimes. You see something, you're like, wow, that's, that might be me. 
I should. <laughs> <laughs> if you're truly reading God's word and studying God's word, your toes are going to get stomped on yeah. occasionally, and Definitely. it's going to cause you to live differently. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. And then your, your second rubber meets the road point is this idea of we need to pray. Um, what, is, what does Luke Spencer's prayer life look like? So, that's, to be honest, my prayer life is not as good as, like, my Bible reading life. Um, I've always struggled with prayer just because um, I feel like there's nothing I can tell him that he doesn't already know. But I've been taking steps to make sure that I, I get my prayer life where it needs to be. Um, right now, you know, I'm reading the Bible and then praying so I have something to base my prayer off and I'm not just, you know, going in cold turkey Hey, Lord of the Universe, here's what I was thinking about today. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, just I would say that it helps um, if you, you know, section out a time every day to do it, not just, you know, right before you're about to go to bed, like just, you know, put your hands together. It's right. like making time um, in the morning would be best so you're not falling asleep. But if you make time for it, then you're going to have time for it. I think most people say, I just I don't have time for it. Well, you do. You just don't make it. Yeah. And I, we've talked about prayer in the past in, in here, and we've, we've studied prayer and talked through prayer. And prayer is more than just talking to God, but also listening for God and listening to God and listening to his guidance through that still small voice, that, that peace that he offers. Um, and so I think that's spot on. I think you hit the nail on the head there. We do need to pray more. We need to, and by pray more, sometimes we need to shut up and let God speak um, and let him talk to us. Uh, more so than us spew out to him. Um, So great. We need to study God's word, and then we need to pray. And then the final one was uh, we should seek counsel from others. Yep. Um, And you touched on this a little bit. You you mentioned parents, pastors, good friends. I would go one step further with it, um, and I would say seek godly counsel. Because he, here, here's the thing. We all have friends in our lives that want to give us advice, but their advice is not necessarily good advice. Yeah, right? that's, that's true. <laughs> Would you agree? That's very true. And so um, give me a real quick, just a, a quick example of what this looked like for you maybe in the last six months. This is really where I just cannot recommend a discipleship group enough. Like having guys or, you know, gals, um, around that you can you can talk to about this stuff. Just it, it helps immensely. Like if you're praying about something and you know you think maybe this is what God wants me to do, or you're reading something like wow that that sounds like me. Maybe I should change this in my life. Having people to go to and you know bouncing ideas off of and saying like you know this is what I got from this passage, and then someone else might have gotten something else. But just having people there who who are Christians and who want to grow in the faith as much as you do. I just, I can't recommend it enough. It's the best thing for you. Awesome. No, I think, I think that's great advice. Um, Luke, thank you so much, man. Thanks for sharing your heart. Give him a round of applause. Thanks, guys. I'll let you, I'll let you step off the stage now. Um, but hey, guys, here's the thing. I just want to, as the band kind of gets up into place, um, we're going to respond in worship. But here is, here's my call to us, not just in tonight, but throughout this series and throughout the rest of our our time together is let's truly reflect on the opportunities that we have. One of the things I love about student ministry is it's a window of time. 
Like, I know I have high schoolers for four years. Sometimes you get the special ones that are, like, five to six years because they just can't graduate. But, like, four years is on average, right? Like, you got them for four years, freshman through senior year. Um, and I love to see the progress. I love to see the steps. Like, I remember the day Luke came for the first time. And I was like, who is this punk? Like, I have no idea. Like, uh, he, he, but he was a nice kid, but you could tell, like, he just, he, he was a little, like, observant, I guess, is, the, is a good way. Um, but man, like, like wildfire. And God got a hold of him and started using him, and he was serving in tech, and he was doing these things, um, and to see the growth happen. And every single one of the students that we have speaking to you guys um, is not an accident. We have them chosen because we've seen God use them. We've seen God mold them and make them into who they are today, and it's not a finished product. You know, Luke will tell you, he hasn't arrived yet. Like, he's not the perfect Christian, and neither have I. Like, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, but I would just encourage you, as you hear from these guys and these gals, as they share their hearts with you, is to also examine your own heart. Examine where you are in that process. Man, maybe you're a freshman and you just started coming here, and, and you just found out who God was, like, last week. <laughs> Man, where do you want to be four years from now? Where does God want you four years from now? You know, maybe you're also a senior and you're like, man, I, I, missed, I missed out on the opportunity to really learn and grow over the last four years because I just kind of wasted my time. Well, guess what? You got more time. Not only do you have time here, you have time post high school. God doesn't like write you off after you turn 18 and say, well, missed that one. No, run after him. Pursue him. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. Let him direct you. And what you do. So as we get ready to respond in worship, I want to I challenge us. Um, I know Grace had mentioned um, a time a couple weeks ago where we opened up the altar for prayer. And we asked specifically that we would pray for revival among teenagers, among the city of Oviedo, among our church. Um, and that God would move and God would do a mighty work in this place like we're seeing around the country in so many places. And, you know, I want to issue that same challenge to us. Not because, like, we haven't gotten there yet. Because, no, because we're seeing God move. I wish I could tell you all the examples of how we're seeing God move in this place. Among your peers, among your friends, among your, the, the church family. God is doing some really amazing things. So here, here's what I want to challenge us to do. It's that as we, as we, as we sing, and if, if God compels you, if you feel led, and just come kneel at the altar and just pray. I'm not even going to tell you what to pray about because I know each one of us is going through different stuff and God's speaking to you in a different way. Man, have freedom to come and kneel and pray. And honestly, like anytime we're worshiping, the altar's always open. God's speaking to you. God's working in your heart. Just come and, and, and talk to him. Listen to him. But as we sing this song together, I just want us all to set our hearts and our minds on who Jesus is, what he's called us to. We're all walking this path like Luke talked about, and we have decisions to make. And God's path is the right path, I could promise you that. God, it, God wants you to walk with him. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to pursue him. And that takes some things.
It takes some, some trusting of God and making right decisions. So if that's you, if you just need to commit that to Jesus today, man, the altar's going to be open. You don't have to pray long. You don't have to pray at all. You can just sit there and, and let God speak to you. This is a time of response, a time of reflection, a call to action, if you would, that we would see God use each and every one of us in the way that he's created us to. Let me pray for us, and then we'll worship together. God, we thank you. Thank you for the message that Luke has brought, the message that you laid on Luke's heart and in his mind. God, I pray that each and every student in this room, Lord, would have a moment of reflection of where they are today, where they want to be when they're done here, where you want them, more importantly, and God, that this would be a time of response, a time of reflection. God, we give you this time of worship. We give it to you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship together, guys. The altar is open.